Hello, welcome to Football After Dark. This is the Football After Dark crew. We True. got Justin yes. on the mic. Uh-huh. We got Matt on the mic. What's up? It's me on the mic. We got Nathan on the mic. I'm mm-hmm. on a couch. And we got me. I'm on a mic. Um, None of us are on a mic. We're all on couches. This is our first episode since after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. We had to take some time off to let Matt calm down, but that has not happened, unfortunately. We had to get on an episode. So uh, we figured now would be the best time when two of us have to go with the next 45 minutes. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Literally, this episode's going to start with the four of us, and then Justin will leave, uh, and then Corey will leave, and then I'm imagining Corey's going to come back, unless... Hopefully. Something happens. So, it might just be me and Matt talking about, uh, who knows? We'll figure something out. Lord knows. The, the, the field is our oyster today. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, not yet. You guys got me for like 10 more minutes. Or 15. Is there anything? I know the, okay. Green Bay. episode for a while, so none of us remember how to do this. I remember no, no one idea. thing that happened. What's, yes, what's that? Green Bay wants really wants to sign Austin Hooper. Yep, and they are apparently not re-signing Jimmy Graham. Wait, the Packers are sleeping on Jimmy? Yep. Aww. How the excited pack- are you, Corey, that Austin Hooper is going to go to Green Bay? <laughs> I'm not even going to ask the Packers fans. I'm, I'm going to ask Corey. I'm just excited that the Packers are continuing the meme of signing a veteran tight end and then not utilizing them at all. Yep. That's exactly what's happening. Again, here we go. I wonder where he'll go and probably catch like 10 touchdowns. You mean in the, his two-year career there? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Graham. Oh, Jimmy. He's going to go somewhere next year and catch like 10 touchdowns. Probably, yeah. Because they're not going to use him as a decoy for Devontae Adams. Uh, I'll go to Miami get that. No income tax. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, be I nice. can see him going to Miami. He did go to he did go to Miami. I think he's from Miami University. I yeah. think. Yeah, returned to his home to you the know, motherland. Uh, Mike Gusecki was actually looking pretty good at the end. Yeah, Mike Gusecki was looking yeah. pretty good. He at the can end. always run two tight end sets. Yeah, you just yeah you just get yeah, Jimmy Graham and Mike Gusecki and Jim Secki, and then they'll have uh, <laughs> Devonte. I only played good because I was about to be unemployed, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, like, how old is Devontae Parker? Hold on. He was in that like really I, loaded draft class. Yeah. With, so with Odell and Sammy and Mike Evans and was I, Adams? Adams was the year after, right? I think Adams was in that year too. That okay. year was like that year was like this year, where those like. Gonna be like eight or ten guys that are like, oh yeah, they're all like pretty good. Yeah, that's basically what this rookie receiver class is shaping up to be like. Devontae's twenty-seven. I was gonna say, if he was like a little bit younger, like it's easier to be in the NBA and like have like a shitty first three years and then come out and be good like your next year. Yeah, because you're just so young and like physically not developed enough. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I think at that point he probably I don't know I can't really make a case for Devonte, just that they stuck with him for so long. Not like they stuck with him, but just just he didn't <coughs> perform well. Yeah, like for so long. No, he yeah. just had like these weird flash in the pan moments mm-hmm. in his entire career, and then he'd go back to like just being mediocre. 
And a lot of that has to do with also the woes of the Miami Dolphins as a whole. The fact they didn't have Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah. And then they did? And then it changed his life? It changed Devontae Parker's life for the better. It really did. up, baby. I thought the first thing that Justin was going to want to talk about, because this is this sound this feels like a very Justin story. Which one is? Uh, yeah, just a couple of them. the the Jameis Winston LASIK eye surgery. Oh my god! Story and how he played with like cracked ribs or something. He played with a torn meniscus and a broken thumb. That's what it was. Yeah, why? And and then immediately after that. Proceeds to <laughs> proceeds to have LASIK eye surgery done the year after he throws thirty interceptions. Don't so, don't don't bet on him on the night games. Why not? Because LASIK eye surgery. Uh, do you know what starbursts are? Do you have starburst? It's when like lights would radiate like. Yeah, I, like, I, I get those. Oh, uh, my glasses. okay. It's, yeah. it's I called, get them when I wear my glasses. Yeah, it's called Starburst. Uh, a lot of people get it really bad at night. Uh, and it especially comes true for people with LASIK surgery. They get it, like, really bad. So all those 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 Sunday night lights, not going to be good. So then what's the point of LASIK eye surgery? Well, it, it improves your vision overall, but oh, it's just okay. like, you know, when you're dealing with lights and stuff at night and stuff, you get all a lot of that starburst effect. It was just so funny because when this story broke, I can't remember if it was ESPN or Bleacher Report, the picture they used to break this story was literally James like this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like I saw it was that. him like about to throw, and he's squinting because he's like, he's, I, I, I don't know why he's squinting, but he's either like anticipating being hit or he's just like in the... In the heat of the moment, is like like scrunching his face. To a deliver a pellet gun in his eye. Yeah, it, it just looked so funny because it literally looked like as if like Jameis had just been playing the entire time just blind, and he had no idea like who he was throwing the ball to. But it's okay because he's not going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year. Yeah, because um, he going to Tennessee and Mariota going to Tampa. They're just going to swap. Yeah, they're going to trade spaces. I don't think he's gonna move. It's gonna be a TLC show. Dude, Bruce Arians, dude, Bruce Arians has dragged him ever since the season ended. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every opportunity. Ever Bruce since he Arians said, gets. ever since he said, uh, until he's not, Jameis is our guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like until he's not, Jameis is our guy. Like, oh, could you have won more games this year with any other quarterback? And he went, oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> like, what's James? James is like, oh, coach. I just want to eat a W, man. I just want to eat that W. Just wants to eat that motherfucking W. That's all I want to do, Coach. And then they just... It was so funny, that Thursday game that they had. Uh, no, it wasn't a Thursday game. It was the London game they had against Carolina when Rich Eisen was on the call. Rich Eisen was, like, aghast at, like, the fact that Jameis could just... He had four turnovers in the first half, and then he had, like, five touchdown passes. Yeah. The man is I, an enigma. Yeah. I had me and, me, me and our uh, fad pod friend of the show uh dome started a new madden franchise in uh the new madden and it's we both got our teams and we fixed the draft class so uh he would get jalen hurts as his quarterback and i would get Tua. and week three i played against the chicago bears i'm 0-3 with Tua. 
I played Sign against things to come. I I played against Chicago Bears. I had two incomplete passes. I had over a hundred rushing yards, and I had uh, Mitch turned over the ball five times. I lost in overtime. Oh dear! <laughs> I, I don't know how I could have played a better game and still lost. How did you lose? And that's probably how it feels to lose against James Winston. Yeah, that's probably how it feels to to be like, "Wow, we uh, we, we did like- great today, but we lost." Yeah, how how did we do so good? And then you look at the stuff like, "Oh wait, Mike Evans had." 135 yards receiving, and Chris Godwin had 172, and they both had two touchdowns. And uh, but they only had two catches apiece. <laughs> so do the math there. Um, and yeah, you end up losing because Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can just go out and catch go routes all day long. Um, I guess we'll before Justin leaves because I want to get Justin's opinion on it. Yeah. I mean, it's by by default, it's the biggest story of the off season. By default, um, the whole Brady Watch thing. Yep, Brady um, Watch twenty twenty. Um, I mean, we could just be matter of fact with it. Like, does he go anywhere? Probably. Where do you think he goes? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm like really bad today. Corona. Don't talk about Corona. It's behind a paywall. That's right. We talked about the coronavirus behind our paywall on our Patreon. We had to allude to it so we can. If you want it, you could pay fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! You only need to. I think it's only ten dollars to get behind our paywall. We're a cheap trick. Are we? I, I don't know. Ten dollars is kind of. Is it five dollars? It's five ten. Well, yeah, 15, 20, 25, 30. That's how you count by talk five. About your, five is we talk about your team and analytics and stuff, and we give you the big, big shout-out. Mm-hmm. Right. I think $10, $10 is the you get the bonus content. That's right. Yes. And then the big the big one is, is you get to be Corey's friend. You get yeah. to be Corey's friend uh, for $50. <laughs> I'm unemployed right now, so you know you got all that time to talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can talk to Corey at any hour of the day. 24-7. That's right. <laughs> The shop is open. <laughs> you can talk to him about Curb Your Enthusiasm and Pokemon stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's about it. And Tetris. That's about it. <laughs> where, where does Tom Brady go this offseason, Justin? He, he's going, I think, uh, L.A. Chargers. I, you, I was going to be like, Rams? No. It comes full circle to Jed York calling and being like, hey, uh, can we have Jimmy Garoppolo and Bill Belichick's like no (laughs) and then he's like well what about Tom Brady then (laughs) and Bill Belichick's like okay here's Jimmy you can tap him since apparently you're gonna be a fucking asshole and ask for Tom Brady and then Jimmy gets to back up Tom Brady again you're you're buying the uh, the Brady going to San Francisco I think it just Reports. be. I think it'd be funny. I think if it's not San Francisco, it doesn't make sense to go anywhere else. There isn't like a team that's on the precipice of winning a Super Bowl, minus maybe the Titans. 
You'll think that the, makes sense for Tom Brady to go somewhere other than staying in New England. You'll think the Chargers no. would even have a, a dark horse of a shot no. with Tom Brady in it? No. No. Matt's going to say no. They, they don't want. He, Tom Brady doesn't want to go play in LA. Or they're, he doesn't want to play for the Chargers, I should say. Their offensive line's cursed. Melvin Gordon's leaving. Uh, the, no one cares about the Chargers. They're like the seventh most popular football team in their own state. Yeah. Remember how many people cared about the Patriots? It's I mean, going to be... Uh, that team, New England Patriots, mattered so much less. Yeah, that's true did. until they started winning. Right. But the Chargers have... The Chargers have had, like, good seasons in the past. Like, during Phillip Rivers' prime, they were like a surefire playoff team. Nobody cared. Yeah. They still sold the stadium. Their owner still stinks. Like... Oh, yeah. It's just kind of like a... It's eh. just a... It's a bad place to play. Yeah. It's a bad place to play. It's not fun. Not fun to play there. I think the only one that makes... Like, if it's not going to be San Francisco, which, by the way, I just want to say... Not going to be San Francisco. If Tom Brady can somehow manufacture a way to get himself to go to the team that literally, literally is top to bottom, probably roster-wise, if you just take... If you just, like... Wipe away quarterbacks because we don't know if he's going to be the quarterback there or not. So just wipe it away. They're like the best roster in the league. I don't know about that. They're one of the best rosters. Yeah. Like, as far as like their depth in various areas. They're top eight. Yeah. Like they're a top eight roster. And you're getting a good offensive line, an elite tight end, a good running game, a great defense. Like, a head coach that is respectable, like not just some like bum, random head coach, right? Right. Like if he can somehow manufacture a way to get him, to end up there and then force Jimmy back to New England, even though Belichick would like it. If you really think about it, like Jimmy, I'm not saying Jimmy's bad. I defended Jimmy a lot in the in the past season and even in the postseason. But, like, with what New England has right now, like, Jimmy going from what the offense of the 49ers possesses, right, scheme-wise and personnel-wise, yeah, to what the Patriots have, even if the scheme is good, but from a personnel standpoint, whoo, that's rough. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's a little bit of... Obviously, he goes back to pay the Patriots, and Bill Belichick will be there, and Belichick will figure it out, and they'll probably win 10, 11, 12 games. But it's still, like, one of those things, like, I don't... And then, of course, the whole idea of why would you do it if you're the 49ers? Yeah, there's no reason to do it. Unless you're literally just like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to try to win a Super Bowl the next two years, and then we'll draft somebody. Who cares? Like, just focusing on the now... I think I think I think when you get to the their... Super Bowl, that's what you have to do. Is you just have to if you get to the Super Bowl, you have to make the moves. That's gonna, mm-hmm. or if you get to the championship game, you're gonna make the moves. That's like exactly what the Chiefs did. That's exactly what the Forty ers are probably gonna do. Exactly what the Packers won't do. So is Brady oh. the move then? Is Brady that much better than Garoppolo at this point? I I don't think so. Unless if. Tom Brady was playing with some kind of injury last year that we don't know about, mm-hmm. which is totally possible. But he just didn't look great, I don't yeah. think. I mean, no, he was 
like really actually kind of bad. Yeah, but a lot of people year. blame it on every. I I always if, hear people go back and forth on. Oh well, if you break down his stuff, a lot of it is the fact that nobody's getting any separation, right? And nobody's getting open. And if you look back to see like, hey, are you gonna? want a lot of money this year and he's like no i want them to spend money on weapons for me if you take that if if he's looking at that and being like i don't want because he doesn't need money he's married to gazelle he has millions and millions of dollars like without even working like he's going to go somewhere that can make him look good and make him play to the best of his ability and as good as a uh offensive mind Shanahan is he's not gonna have Brady's best interest out for himself you know what I'm saying he's he's not gonna yeah he's not gonna make an offense that would just make Tom Brady look good where somebody like I'm not saying Anthony Lynn's a pushover or anything but if they really want him that they're gonna be like we got Keenan Allen we got Mike Williams big Mike Williams we got Hunter Henry, you got a, Austin Eckler. You got Austin Eckler. They said they want to bring back Melvin Gordon, but that's, they won't. That's not going to happen because Melvin Gordon's going to want more money than what they're going to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm looking like. That's if I'm Tom Brady, I'm like that's my best shot to like you know seal up some records and. I can't wait for the Melvin Gordon contract to come out. Where he gets like all this money. Oh god, I can't wait because all of the stuff like yeah. So here are Melvin Gordon's stats from last year. Whew. And uh, I have to go. Bye, Justin. Did any of you like the idea of I'm him? Sweatpants Saturday. I hope they fire me. <laughs> um. Did anybody? Did any of you like the idea of him going to the Cowboys to replace Dak? No. <laughs> I like the idea Put that of star on your helmet, Tom. I like Tom I like the idea of Dak getting replaced. I like I, I like. I Dak really like the idea of Dak getting replaced because that is. I don't know what the word for uh, funny is in Spanish, but muy Spanish funny word. <laughs> muy Spanish funny word. Um, should okay. Well, then we'll go to that. Should Dak Prescott be replaced? Yes. He's going to get like a $35 million fucking contract and not be worth it. And the Cowboys are going to be mediocre for the next 10 years again. Right, but that's not what it's about. It's 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 about staying true to your... Got to stay true to the guys you take. Jerry Jones is a... You know, I'm loyal to my guys. Jerry Jones is loyal to his guys. Yeah, he's so loyal. Yeah. Keeps them all. Pays them all. All the time. Graciosa. That whatever that is. Graciosa. There we go. Gracias. Graciasio. <laughs> That's what Jerry Jones says. Graciasio. Give me some gracias. <laughs> hey Dak, I'm gonna replace you. I think it's gonna be gracias. <laughs> you do realize that Tom has to go there, right? Because he's only allowed to have quarterbacks with three letter names. Tom. Tombra. Yeah. Tombra. <gasps> Tombra. <laughs> Tom. I like how you had the <gasps> moment. 
Yeah, it's Tombra. Because we're making you really just cracked the Spanish code. words, and Tombra sounds like a word. To- what's up, Tombra? Tom, what's up, Tombra? <laughs> oh my God, he'd actually call him that, and Tom would be like, "Jerry, get away from me." I can imagine. I just poop my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old, Tom. Tom. I'm so old. I still think about my wide receivers in the shower. I I swear I I I, t- I swear I talked to I, I swear I talked to Dez. We gonna we gonna sign Dez Bryant again. Don't you worry. Why do you think he likes Dez? Got three letters in his name. Oh my god. Could Damn right I choked my chicken to Dez Bryant. <laughs> Dez Bree. Dez Bryant. Dez Dez Bryant. Yeah, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, sorry. I guess. Yeah, you, you, you gotta be a you gotta be a big fad fatty, you know. Yeah, you gotta be a, a regular fad pod listener to get the our inside humor. No, that that just, our inside humor is is peak. It's peak humor. Oh yeah, it is. Why do you think we're laughing so much at our own humor right now? Right. <laughs> it just blows my mind of how many like notable people you could tie to him that could either have their names shortened to three letters, or three letters, or when you make it three letters, it still kind of sounds like a name. That's the part that kind of blows my mind. Like Jason Witten, like, all right, Jace. It works. Jace Witt. Jace Witt. Even though I think he's he's leaving too, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, ties to the Giants. Oh. Yeah. What's up with that? Okay. What's up with the NFC East players just staying in the NFC East? Well, when you're in a bad when you're in a you, bad conference, you want to stay in a bad conference. You you, you scout. Those players a lot that are in your own division since you go up against them twice a year, so it makes it you know more about them a little bit. I guess that's true. You're more familiar with them. You're more familiar with like the way they operate and their yeah. offense and stuff like that. I guess it's true. It just always maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like that happens so frequently that players just exchange spots. Like what's the the guy who? Oh god, I'm gonna I'm losing track of his name. When I'm out of football mode, it's so hard to remember names, but like during the season I can do it a lot better. Um the we, guy who Jared McCoy. Yeah. Like drafted for Tampa, could have went anywhere in free agency, and he went to Carolina. Yeah. You excited to do our free agency mock within the next two weeks? Oh god. It's gonna be so hard this year. We have like Ten teams that might have different quarterbacks. Yeah. And that's like not even including the teams that might draft a guy. Yeah. Because we don't know if they're going to draft a guy because who knows? Joe Burrow doesn't want to go to Cincinnati, but now he does all of a sudden. You have no idea how badly I wanted Joe Burrow to go to a press conference. He saw the, he saw the, the pay cut, the pay drop off between being the first overall pick to being the third overall pick. Yeah, do you know what else he should be looking at? Is Baker Mayfield's record versus Lamar Jackson's record. Yeah, so? Probably what he should be looking at. You don't get paid to win. What do you get paid to do? I don't know. When you're on rookie contracts, you get paid to play. God damn, Mike, Corey. <laughs> oh, God. I did a uh, Pro Bowl roster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Kuiper did one. I did one, and then... Supposedly. It, I did. I literally had it. And now it's gone. 
I remember a lot of my players. The rule was what we were going to do is we were going to make a Pro Bowl roster that was like restricted by the actual salary cap and the numbers that those players were going to be against the cap next year. And the rule was you were only allowed to use seven rookie contracts to simulate a rookie draft. And that's what we did. Um, Corey can do his since Corey has his, and then I'll just rattle off the players that I can remember and the rookies that I had because I remember them. Are we collectively naming the Fad Pod All Pros right now? Not really. We're kind of just like if we had to make a team based around the salary cap with like no substitutions or special teams and stuff like that. We haven't done like our awards yet, and I know we have. Have we done our awards? We haven't done our. Oh no, yeah, we did our awards last year. We got to do this. We each like came up with like five awards to hand out. Well, it'd be next episode, I guess. Yeah, we could do that. Next we, need, we need Jubby here. Yeah. Where do you want me to start? Start with start with the position that everyone cares about the most: strong safety. I was thinking <laughs> long snapper. <laughs> uh, I don't care who you start with. I got. I don't know how to say his first. Jaquiz Tart. Jaquazi Tart. Jaquazi Tart. It's my strong safety. Okay. Yeah. He had a he's, he's good. He's a good. He's a good strong safety. Yeah. He's like in that solid like B, sometimes B plus. He he didn't didn't need a lot of money, so that's why I picked him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, it's fair. That's that's the yeah. He's not on a rookie deal. I imagine no. He's just like a mid range player that thrives in the system. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a good pick. Yeah. What do you want me to do next? Just. Work straight down from it. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to work from strong safety down to halfback. <laughs> you're going to work from like far away from the ball down to the li- down to the linebackers to the line of scrimmage. You could fan out and then do the quarterback and then the halfback if you want. Okay. So fullback, whatever. I don't care. Jaquaski Tart. We got uh, Poyer from the Bills at free safety. He's really good. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Only, only four million. There's the whole secondary is really good. Uh, Tredavious White. Two bills. Two bills, yeah. We yeah, got, Bill's defense was good. That's a rookie contract. That's right? a rookie contract. That's a rookie yep. contract. Uh, Stefan Gilmore. Okay, but yeah, he's your expensive. Yep. He's your expensive guy. Your secondary is pretty solid. Uh, Bobby Wagner in the middle. Okay. We got TJ Watt on the one outside. Another rookie. And we got Quan Alexander on the other Side, of course, spending big on defense. Quan wasn't that expensive, really. He's only four and a half. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Uh, Akeem Hicks in the middle. Okay, I, I forgot to write down the price of Akeem Hicks, but I'm sure it's within the yeah. Uh, then we got Malcolm Brown from the Saints. Mm-hmm. It was another cheap, cheaper contract that wasn't a rookie. Um, we got the Bosa brothers on the ends, dude. I did the same thing. Too nice. <laughs> I did the same thing. I there, Joey and Nick. The defensive ends probably the position you're gonna spend the most on, just yeah. because you need two of them. Mm-hmm. So I had to go. I felt like I had to go rookies for there. Um, you know, uh, Nick Bosa making half as much as Joey Bosa just because of where they're at on their contract. Mm-hmm. But it's so, I paid $22 million, which is what you use for two of them, for two elite pass rushers, which is what you usually spend for one elite pass rusher. Right. So, 
All right. We going uh, to offense now? Yeah. Uh, we got Pat DeMarco, third Bill on the Pro Bowl roster. Man. Love you. Corey loves it. Corey's secretly a Bills fan. Apparently. Shout out. Angry. You're a Bills fan this year. Not a, not an Eagles fan. That's right. We're, we're deciding for you. Well, he, he I think he bases it off of odd-numbered years and even-numbered years. Oh. I think that's what Angry does. I can't confirm that, but that's fad pod lore now, so I hope Angry's okay with that. Yeah, Angry, we've decided for you. It is decided. Tight end. Cameron Brait, six million. He's a he's real good red zone guy. Yeah. Uh, two wide receivers. Sure. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Okay, you're two guys. Yeah, I feel like they're they work fiction, together. Fictionally, I think that's it's there's a good synergy there. Sure. Right. Yeah. You got, you got no, no, no. Two. You're right. Yeah. And Tyler Lockett this year has really expanded his role to be more of an all-around guy, you know. Uh, offensive line, left tackle, we got Taylor Luan. Uh, left guard, we got Larry Warford. In the middle, we got Ryan Kelly. Uh, almost had Marshall Yonda at right guard, but then I was like, oh, wait, Quentin Nelson exists. Mm-hmm. So we want Quentin Nelson. And then we went ramp check on the right tackle. So we got two Saints on the offensive line. Uh, two rookie contracts on the offensive line. Last two rookie contracts. You got Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. And you got Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes easily the best value in sports as of right now. You're not going to get that caliber of player without spending $30 million more dollars mm-hmm. than what I fictionally paid for him in this exercise. So my... my With my fad pod bucks. My, my fad pod bucks. Uh, I did not pick Pat Mahomes as my quarterback because um, I'm a contrarian okay. by nature. Yeah, whatever. Um, I picked Deshaun. Watson was my quarterback. Oh, the one that can't stay healthy? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I mean, I gave him a good offensive line. I gave him like David Bakhtiari and uh, Lane Johnson. Ben Johnson was the, my center. Um, I gave him like David DeCastro as a guard. Um, my offense. Oh, so you don't want him to get past Russia. You can't pull off the Sean Watson magic. Yeah. I and rather. that takes care of his whole. That's not. And that's, that's his what, whole thing. That's not his whole thing. Okay. Um, so everybody knows I really don't value running backs very well. Yeah. So I took two cheap guys. I took uh, James White and I took Latavius Murray as just like clear cut. Like, okay, when he's in, I'm going to run it. <laughs> okay, well, when he's in, we're just going to throw it to him. Because that's literally what the Patriots do. The oh, Patriots yeah, don't run the yeah. ball with James White and yet they still somehow fool people into like, oh my God, he has the ball. Like, uh, I do have a fullback. Um, I ended up taking Devlin from the Patriots as well. Um, my tight ends, one of my rookie contracts, so that my second rookie contract, one was Deshaun, the other was George Kittle, and I also took Zach Ertz. I had two tight I, ends. I didn't feel 
it necessary to spend a rookie contract on tight end just because tight ends are so cheap anyway like you're for a top end tight end you're maybe paying 10 to 12 million dollars a year that's true that's that's how i approach this exercise is like all right where where am i going to get my best values out of i obviously i have to spend a rookie contract on quarterback because you're going to get the best value there um you're going to get value at running back just because of how the prices have spiked up the past couple years for running backs uh and pretty much everybody off their rookie contract is so battered at this point that they're not playing to their full potential. Um, you know, defensive ends, you know, you have to spend there because like I said, I spent for two rookies, I had to spend, I spent just as much as I would for one elite pass rusher. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of like clogged up the middle of the line with some solid like run stoppers. Yeah. I, I prioritized... I think the way I prioritized was more like how I would want my team built as opposed to like where I could get the most value. Mm-hmm. So I just went with players like I went with George Kittle because I love, you know, heavy set, like two tight end, two running back sets. You want a tight end that can block. Yeah. I want tight ends that can <laughs> block. And George Kittle is worth like pennies and he's like like the best tight end in the league. Yeah. You know, so I went with him. The best all-around tight end in the league. Fact. Don't agree with you, but your opinion's okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, my receivers, uh, there was another one of my rookie contracts spent there, my boy Cortland Sutton. My boy. Uh, I took him. I also took... Uh, I couldn't really think of, like... Any rookie wide receivers that would be as solid mm-hmm. as people that are off their rookie contracts, you know, and like, like, I'm not talking shit on Cortland Sutton or anything. He's a good receiver, but the drop off between, mm-hmm. I think, Ty Lockett and him is pretty significant. No, it is. I just I took him because I I like what he does as a rookie. And my other guys were, um, I took like John Brown, mm-hmm. and I have him on my Saints franchise. Yeah, and I, I think I took oh, the third. I took three receivers, but the main ones were like Cortland Sutton and John Brown. Mm-hmm. So like Cortland Sutton's like, I basically have like a poor man's version of what you have, right? Which is the big, strong, physical guy, and then the speedster. Mm-hmm. Um, my rookies on defense were, again, Nick Bosa. I also used one on Darius Leonard, the, okay. the middle linebacker for I was, Indy. I was looking at him, but yeah. like I said, there wasn't the value in the middle linebacker position yeah. as I was going to get somewhere else. Um, that's because I... It was really tough for me because I I almost did what you did, which is like, oh, well, I got to pick an outside linebacker. Okay, well, let me take TJ Watt. Well, then I thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm using Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa as a f- like a four free a four three defensive front. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I have TJ as like a quote unquote coverage first outside linebacker? Um, so I ended up using guys like um, I think I ended up did, I think I did did the same thing you did. But I used Kwan Alexander because he was cheap. Mm-hmm. Um. I loaded up my secondary. I took my only... My other rookie was Derwin James. Right. 
And then I think I took like Ramsey. I took Ramsey and I took um oh crap, not Gilmore. I took shoot. I took another really good corner that was like Oh, I took Chris Harris. Oh, okay. Chris Harris from well currently the Broncos. We don't know where else he where right. he's gonna be playing next year. Um and then the other safety I took was uh Vaccaro. Mm. I took Kenny Vaccaro. I was looking at him. I, I, I wanted to, but He's your guy, man. Yeah. He's your guy. Loved him. Corey's gotta leave now. Oh, Corey. I'll see you in a bit. I love you. How long are you gonna be gone, Corey? Well, Matt. Yeah, what's up? It's time for you. Yeah, well, you asked me some... Wait a minute. I'll, I'm going to go through some... Uh, wait, what do you want to talk about? It's your turn, Matt. For what? You you take the reins, Matt. All right, what do you want? I got you. You just... Um... <laughs> you win one Super Bowl. <laughs> you got five Super Bowl champions, six Super Bowl champions under your belt over there, Mr. Kyrie. Me? Yeah. I got two. What? I've only been alive for two of them. I don't count the other four. You were alive in the 90s. Yeah. We didn't win. Oh, was it? The, whatever, man. Whatever, dude. <laughs> whatever. I was too young. I, I watched I watched my team play in three Super Bowls. And we won two of them. What's it like watching your team lose a Super Bowl? Um, It sucked. <laughs> All right. I wore the I wore my jersey the next day. Oh, you still wore the I jersey? I wore I wore my uh what jersey did I have? It's probably a James Harrison jersey. Um I wore it to school the next day and just basically as best I could basked in the in the mockery of everybody that saw me like, oh, you lost. Whereas, like, I knew that they didn't... See, like, I think that's where, like, my festering hatred for most casual... Not casual. Most, like, in, like, like dipping the toes in the water football fans. I can't stand them. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of where it started for me. Mm. That moment. Because mm-hmm. in that moment, I learned how so many people were just, like... They don't actually, like, know anything about it. They are just like, oh, the Steelers lost. I'm going to make fun of him. And then, like, I, I try to, like talk to them about it and they're like oh well I didn't watch and I was like okay so you didn't watch and they're like yeah you see but you're gonna like mock me anyway and like yeah I was like okay so I want you to go out in the street so I can hit you with my car <laughs> like that's mm. that's the mentality that I have now it's just like zero tolerance yeah like if you if you don't know what you're talking about like just don't leave me alone no like, and please it's leave not, me to, alone. not not to make you sound like gatekeeper or whatnot it's just the fact that the interactions you've had with people it, 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 someone comes up to you and tries to act like they know what they're doing and they're trying to like jab at your side but they don't actually know anything that they're talking about. It's primarily just because I'm a poor victimized Steelers fan that's never hurt anybody ever. <laughs> you know, we're just we're just the victims and we've we we we're just sweet darlings and we I don't know why everybody hates us. Yeah, why would anybody hate the Steelers? Yeah. No, that's I think that's honestly part of it is there's a very uh, vitriol feeling about the Steelers where you either like them or you hate them. Mm-hmm. Just everybody. Like, it's not because, it's not for the same reasons like like the Patriots, right? It's not because of that. Okay. It's just because, like, if you're not a Steelers fan, 
then you've spent you've spent and quite possibly like whoever introduced you to football they spent the majority of their life watching the Steelers win all the time so they have like a deep rooted hatred for them because they want a whole bunch which means when you grow up you kind of develop that so like Throughout my like younger days, I encountered a lot of people that didn't really know anything about football. They just really hated like maybe they knew a lot. Maybe they knew enough, but like that they were like, oh, I'm a Panthers fan, whatever. <laughs> oh and damn. I oh, love okay. Jake DeLome. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like and but they they it's almost like they hate the Steelers more than they like their own team. Mm. So like whenever I encountered somebody like that, I was just so like put off by it that now when someone comes up to me and they try to do that or it sounds like they don't I come across as very gatekeepy because I'm like like please like spare me like you don't know what you're talking about like if you just want to hate my team to hate it like that's fine I don't care I hate my team yeah it's fair you do hate uh, like I god I hate the Steelers <laughs> so bad like you know like whenever whenever someone talks about Mike Tomlin being great I'm like I hate him it's like, yeah, but he's great. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't like him. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm just one of those, like, I remember having a conversation uh, with this kid that I worked with a while ago, one of my older jobs, and he was also a Steelers fan. And it was during that stretch of time where it was basically like, it was after Peyton had kind of fallen off his prime in Indy, like after the Saints Super Bowl, before uh-huh. he went to Denver. Okay. So they're like those stretches of time when Indy, like Indy was good, but they weren't like going to the AFC Championship game every year, right? Right. Um, so that like brief moment where it was just like Steelers, Patriots, or Patriots, Steelers, and then the rest of the AFC, right? Just right. fluctuate whoever it was. Um, and it was so frustrating because him and I were talking about it, and he was like, I've kind of been like conditioned to a point. Where, like, if we don't make the AFC Championship game, I'm upset. Like, it's gotten that bad. Like, to the point where it's just like, I am i don't care. We could go 16-0. and 0, And if we lose in the divisional round, I'm furious. Like, like, why did you just waste three months of my life? Well, you had a... I mean, well, I get it. You, you have to... You, your team sets expectations, like... Now you get to deal with that. I kind of do, actually. You, you get to, Matt, for the first time. <laughs> my mom shouldn't say for the first time ever. Oh, Corey's back. I'm back. You drove really fast. I did not leave. Oh. oh. Okay. What happened? Uh, my mom just, I had, I was going to have to take my brother to work. He started working at uh, Bellaria. Mm-hmm. Local people know. Um, but my mom ended up saying she'd take him, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're talking about why everybody hates my team, and I don't know why. Oh, well, why do you hate them? Because they do stuff that bothers me. That's why everybody else hates them. What? <laughs> they do stuff that bothers them? We've never done anything wrong. Oh, we just keep to ourselves. Nope. What do you mean? <laughs> you, be, you be like, we got a quarterback that did some shady shit. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And then you got this receiver guy that... Did some real bad stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, he's so good," but we're like, mm, "He 
good, but we didn't know that he was not doing a good the shady person. stuff at the at the when he was being good. Yeah, but when he he was being good, he was like, "Look at all this shit I got." What do you? No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was like, "Let me come in. Let me oh, come into practice on an Apache helicopter." That was <laughs> that was funny. No, that was humorous. Why is I like this? Why is the military? Why like- is why is the militarization funny? Ooh, I like Anthony Sherman when he came in the training camp last year. He borrowed a NASCAR from Clint Boyer and drove that in. And then came out in a full like you know NASCAR jumpsuit and stuff like that. He he does something different every year. The year before he wore that like flag onesie with the coveralls. Matt, Matt. remember remember Vince Wolfwork wearing nothing but the overalls. Yeah. (laughs) Matt was like the reason why I get so pissed off at every Steelers season that doesn't result in like an AFC Championship appearance. And Matt was just getting ready to say, like, oh, it's because you've set your team has like set expectations in your brain as to like what's acceptable and what's not. And I was about to tell him, like, this is kind of the first time ever where you kind of have like expectations. Yeah, I know. Right? Where like if you don't make the AFC championship next year, you're gonna be pissed. <laughs> like you're not gonna be sad. It's gonna be a um, angry feeling of like god damn it why did we not make it like it's gonna be one of those things for the first like we just did it last year for christ yeah exactly like it's gonna be a situation for you where like instead of being like man we just we can never we just we're so unlucky and we never get the show like now it's become like dude like we should never lose a game <laughs> like that's that's become like that's gonna be your reality now it's uh it's, yeah i'm on the other side I want to hear from you guys too that are listening. But where do you guys like? What's your cutoff for a good season? Like anything else is a disappointment. Well, until this, until like the last couple years, for me it was getting a playoff win. That's something the team hadn't done in twenty five, thirty years. That's something the team had never done in your lifetime. Yeah, almost. And then they got their first playoff win against the Texans. Blew them out. And then it was winning a playoff game at home, mm-hmm. winning a meaningful game at home. Because my whole life, I hear about Arrowhead, the loudest stadium in the world, Guinness record book. Fans are the best. They tailgate at five in the morning for a game that starts at seven at night. All this shit, and team always comes out with all this passion, and the fans are always so loud. And then team throws up a dud. You know, like. Eric Berry's first game back, it, all this energy, emotion, and the team gets practically blown out. Like stuff like that happened all the time. Where I was like, I don't know how much I believe in home field advantage for this team. So I needed them to win meaningful games at home, and they did that last year. And then it was you know the offsides away from going to the Super Bowl. So this year, my expectation was. Get back to the AFC Championship game and win it. Now they won a Super Bowl. I don't know, man. With 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 the talent they have, they're probably going to lose Watkins. But you draft another receiver and McColl hits his stride in his second year. I can't wait till you guys draft Henry Ruggs. I can't wait until... And I vomit everywhere. I can't wait until Houston's like... We got to protect Deshaun Watson. We're going to sign 
Watkins. Yeah, there's been a lot of like rumors that Watkins might go to the Texans. Watson the Watkins, you know, because the the Texans need another wide receiver. That they need another uh, wide receiver that's injury prone. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> we need to get Deshaun some protection. How let's, would- dra- let's draft Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. <laughs> God, I hate Bill O'Brien. No, I I think my my like threshold. It, I I honestly feel like it it depends on. It kind of varies year to year for me. I think because like, say like two years ago, when we had all those games that we lost like at the last second, like the game against the Chargers that we blew at the end. And the missed, slipped field goal against the Raiders. And, like, all those close games we lost two years ago. But beating the Patriots week 15, that was enough, honestly. Like, that felt so good. Like, that felt so insanely good. That was like, you know what? I don't care if we make the playoffs. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, I, that felt so good to mm. see that I guess that kind of became my bar that year. Whereas this year, my bar following that was like, okay, like there were so many unlucky breaks. There were so many things that went wrong. We lost Antonio Brown. We lost Le'Veon. But we still have these pieces that I think are good enough and the division is still bad enough outside of the unknowns of Cleveland at the time, even though I always had the feeling that we were going to split with Cleveland no matter what. And the unknowns of Baltimore, which I didn't know. But I was like, Cincinnati's a pushover. We'll beat Cincinnati twice. The conference isn't very good. We don't have a hard schedule. I was like, we can win 10 games and get to the playoffs. Like, maybe we, like, so that kind of, beca- I guess my bar changes every year. There was a stretch of time, like, I'll say this. When we had, like, Le'Veon and Antonio and Big Ben, and then, like, we cycled through, like, the Martavis Bryants and the Juju Smith-Schusters, like, that period of time, like, that three years, I was like, we, like, nothing outside of the AFC Championship game. Like, there's no, no reason. We have three top ten guys, two of them top three guys at their spot. In the whole league. There's no reason why we shouldn't make it. So I guess now I've kind of developed like a more reflective one. Like, uh, we'll probably go like 9-7 this year. And then if we don't, I'm going to be mad. I'll be like, motherfucker. Like, and now we have a good def- I And then I'll, I'll let Corey go. But like, the, the thing that's been irritating me the most, the most, is that now I'm getting them, them boomer Steeler fans coming up to me and being like, well, you know, this is how Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl last time. He didn't, he weren't that fancy high-flying offensive stuff. We won with defense and kickers and punting. I'm like, hmm, yeah, we sure did back in 2004. Oh, dear. You know, that's, that's, that's a way to win in 2020. Ah, uh, you sure? With defense and 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 field position and 
field goals. There isn't a guy in the conference that can shut his eyes and shit the ball out of his ass and <laughs> send it 90 yards down the field and have some dude not even be in the state when the play starts and he runs down and catches it for a touchdown. That doesn't exist in the AFC. Bouncing so, out of your mouth. <laughs> Corey's trying to throw a, a mini Reese cup into his mouth. And it's like hitting his tongue and then bouncing off. I had it so many times. So what? what's your line then, since you asked? I'm not really sure. Like, if I reflect back to the three seasons we went seven to nine, I'm not really sure, like, what I was, like, what I would have said then. But at this point, at this juncture, I'm like, I'm like, if it's, if you're not, if we're not making a Super Bowl appearance, then we wasted an entire season. Oh, you're going like all the way to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to be, like, angry, like, you know, like, yelling for reform and everything. Like, like, I mean, you did. Well, I mean, like, with our, like, just totally. Oh, you, okay, you uh, went with the team. Re- yeah, with I, the I was team, like, because like, you did yell for reform. Right. Not but, just, and not for the Saints, just for the NFL as a whole. Yeah. But that's still because the NFL as a whole was, almost ran like shit. <laughs> almost ran like shit? Almost. The only reason why it's not is because of how commercially big it's become. So it really kind of has to watch what it does and and try to do what's best for its product. Yeah, because the the they're built they're built on a like the 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 slab they're standing on is made out of concrete, but it's not very thin concrete, not very thick concrete. Sure. Well, because you have other sports leagues that can upseat it, right? Like there's been peaks and valleys of popularity in sports. Um, I think right now. I I think NBA I think I think baseball is a thing of the past. Like I don't I don't know if I don't know if MLB's going to last another 50 years. We're not, not with that Astro shit going down. I was going to say not Oh dear. Not that, okay, well here's the and thing. This thing is sucks cuz I like the MLB a lot. I like baseball. But like goddamn dude. The thing about I ta- just can't it it was an old time game. It was designed when people didn't have shit to do and they could just go and waste almost an entire day playing baseball. Mm -hmm. It's still fun to watch live. Watching baseball live is nice. And when you get into big game moments where every pitch you're on the edge of your seat for. Big game moments. But the thing is you have to watch 160 or not watch, but you have to sit Wait for 162 games to get to big games. You know. Yeah, no, that's that's true. It, it's it, it suffers from basketball syndrome, and basketball has even less regular season games, it, where most people don't start to care about baseball until after the All Star break, and then you start looking at the wild card chase, and then the playoff game teams, playoff team games matter, and then Podunk, Florida Marlins pay, playing the Philadelphia Phillies. No one gives a shit. Baseball should be maybe 60 games <laughs> just during the regular season. Oh, man. It, it, there's, you shouldn't have series. And if you do have series, it shouldn't be individual win-loss records. It should be your records in the series. No even-numbered series. We're fixing... This is Fad Pod fixing baseball. All right. <laughs> um, fixing after dark. Just do... If you're going to do that just do series like 
you don't have a win loss record. You have a for individual games, you have a win loss record for series. Mm-hmm. So if you go two one in a series, you won the series. Yeah, you know, best out of three. If you win two games at the first two games, don't fucking play the other third one <laughs> because nobody wants to waste another four hours. People on the baseball field don't want to waste another four hours on the field. I The only thing I, I'll say about this upcoming baseball season is I think this upcoming baseball season is going to be very popular because of the Astros. I can't remember a time, maybe like the Yankees of the early 2000s when they were just like winning all the time, where there is going to be, and the Yankees like kind of did the same thing. Because they snagged Garrett Cole away. Mm-hmm. So now they're like this evil empire again. Now they have like all the good players again. But like the Houston Astros thing is so like the magnitude of the, the of, of everything that has rippled from the Houston Astros cheating scandal. Like they're every single one of those Astros games is gonna be must watch television. Because who knows what's going to happen? They already got hit with like four or five baseballs yeah. in three or four spring training games. Yeah, like they're all like the players are already getting plunked already. Like, and it's spring training, and the games don't even count. I'm not. I'm not arguing that it is cheating, but I'm just like it to me as a casual observer. It feels like that cheating is so. From what I understand of it, it's like so like insignificant. Because they were signs stealing because what 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 side are you stealing like the pitching signs? Is that what you're stealing? Stealing signs means you know what type of pitch and where it is located is coming. Because it's just like that's what you know basically. Two bangs, here comes curveball to the outside right plate or whatever. So you know if you're going to swing at this pitch, you know where to angle your bat. But it, it seems like so much more work like i i know it like produces it has results but like mm-hmm. just like to be able to like know how to hit it like where to hit it how to angle it at with that well, it's, it's, it's a funny it, it takes at that it takes, fast it takes, of emotion how, it takes uh from mound to a catcher it takes what like two to three seconds yeah. if that for the ball to get nope. there on a pitch yeah like right but people but, that weren't trained to do that their entire life would never be able to hit well yeah like, but, the, you but the thing about once when, the catcher gives the sign though there's still like because the pitcher still has to go through his cadence so there's still plenty of time once he gives the signal for the guy to bang on the trash can. Right, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If you know, because if you, you, they're professionals, and if they know what pitch is coming, they can angle. When, when you don't know what pitch is coming, it, or even in general, it, it takes like, what, two to three seconds for the ball to get to the plate, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to swing at a pitch, you need to decide within the first second if you're going to swing at it, and then you have to swing. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide in the first second when this ball's coming at you if you're going to swing at it. That's what professionals do. And that's, I mean, so you get baited on a curveball or a slider or an inside pitch because you think it's coming one way and then it, you know, does something else in the next second and a half and you've already committed to swinging because you have to, otherwise you miss. If you know what pitch is coming, now you, you're committing to when you're going to swing and you know where to swing at to where you think the ball's going to be. It's kind of a thing where... It takes a bit of the chess out of it. Yeah, it, a guy. I was watching. 
I was watching MLB Network, not because I wanted to, because it was on <laughs> TV. Not because he wanted to. Not because I wanted to. MLB Network, not because we wanted to. Literally, yeah. This would be their tagline. Um, and they had like this ex-player. I'd never heard of him before. He's just on the show. And he said that he had a coach that was able to decipher signs really good. Like, he was really good at it without, like, videotaping it. Because that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They had, like, this massive data catalog saved of, like, every team. They called it Code Breaker. They had names for it and all this crazy shit for it. Um, but he could just, like, do it, like, from seeing it. Right, because right. he would do research and stuff like that. And the the ex player, I don't know, he might have been lying. I don't know, but like he basically was like, I didn't want to know. He's like, I I would always tell him, don't tell me, don't tell me the sign, because if you tell me what the sign is and I still strike out, that just makes it like more mentally tasking on me. Right. Right. Because you know how hitters will fall into slumps where they just can't hit. Mm-hmm. Like if you if if you know you're on you're on a one two count and you know he's giving you a change up high and you're like, oh it's coming. So and you swing and you miss, you're gonna be like fuck like you're gonna be furious, right? So like a part of it is like this weird the Astros players were all just like yeah we don't care. We don't care about that part. We just want to know what's coming. And like, then they like basically didn't apologize. They were just like, no, like we don't care. So basically, no, now we can't. This say is coming. It, uh... This is coming even like more. Make it seem like even le- less significant to me is this is basically what in the NFL we would call this. Besides, you know, the vibrating part on their back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, like, there's all kinds of ways you can get a single out, signal out to the player. Mm -hmm. You're mad that another team is giving, or another team is signaling their players when your players are giving signals to each other. And you're mad that they figured out your code because in football we call that doing watching tape on the other team where you figure out what they're doing in their lineups, but this time you're just figuring out what they're doing with their fingers. I think it's because the 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 batter himself can't see what the catcher is doing. Yeah, but everybody else on the field can, and they should be able to give signals. Yeah, and they to- do. Like that's not frowned upon. Like if you're able to, if you're able to actually deduce what the team is doing just based on your own memory and your own scouting, then yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like that's cool. You want to do that. Yeah. The but problem like- was, is they were, they, had, they had a, they had a camera like facing the, the catcher in their home games. And they recorded every catcher apparently in major league baseball and then just used it when they were like, okay, well they're, we're going to play them. And uh, yeah, that's what they do. And we're gonna bang on trash cans and wear, uh, buzzers like, and- wear buzzers. Yeah, like the buzzers. I understand. Like that, you know, like whatever. Uh, not regulation equipment or whatever. Like it's not. It's you know, 
you're not permitted to wear that. But you should be able to give signals just by yelling or banging on trash cans. It's, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you get to the, you don't care. I'm not saying I care. I'm just saying that I think it's the most hardcore. I love making fun of hardcore baseball people. You have no idea. Love making fun of hardcore baseball. And a lot of like what you're saying is like, I think they could be just like, all right, like conspiracy theory, Corey, like stirring up controversy just to try to get people to watch. I think that's part of why the MLB didn't do anything to the Astros. They're like, well, it happened. Oopsie. Don't do it again. Bad Astros. Bad. I mean, they suspended like their coaches and their GMs, and then they suspended the dude from the Mets that was on the Astros that just got a job for the Mets that didn't manage a single game. They fired, they suspended. Yeah, him. Oh man, we suspended your. Oh, we suspended a couple coaches. Oh man. Oh no, keep your World Series rings, Astros. It's okay, players. We don't care. You were just complicit oh, in the God. cheating. It's okay. My favorite part of this whole thing. Was we're not even talking about the NFL anymore. <laughs> my my favorite part of this whole thing. Well, I mean, because we're in the off season. This is like you know whatever. This is peak off season. This bro. is peak off season, man. Um, I don't know. We haven't gotten closer to the draft yet. For me and Corey to do, we're not doing mock drafts yet. We're not close up to the draft. Um, Corey does want to ask me about the combine though. We'll do that next. But I want to ask about the CBA a little bit also. But oh yeah, the CBA. Um, my favorite part about this whole thing <laughs> was there was this reporter that went on the Rich Eisen show. And he was like, you know, he's like, you know, a lot of people are thinking that these players weren't punished, but they were because they they ha- they have to deal with the with the, the 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 venom from their peers and they got to do. And, and he <laughs> tweeted and he tweeted out the video of it. And he's like, should th- should. Like, is it enough? Like the 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 question tagged in the video was. Is it an, is is what the Astros players are dealing with enough? And this one dude, like there were so many people that retweeted that just said no, 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 no one cares, no, 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 they're babies, no, 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 nobody cares. It's, like no one cares about your feelings, dude. You cheated. Nobody a, cares. It's the same class of people that are upset that these people are getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Yeah. Like if you get that ticked off, like no, no one's gonna, no one's gonna think that's enough. No one's gonna care if you're like, oh man, I, I really. There was he literally on the show was like, I had a player come up to me and say, you know what? I wish I had been suspended, dude. Fuck yourself. Like, like go, like go fly a kite, dude. No, no, you are not gonna get any pity. Anything, especially when you send Alex Bergman and Jose Altuve out for train, spring training at the front gate. Oh and, my god! And they're they both were... like, yeah, you know, whatever. Dude, like they're uh, basically just, just like. Eh. Can we? I know ever um, any other like sports to touch it. How woefully unprepared that marketing team or PR department for the Astros. They put oh Altuve and Bergman out there, and then. They both didn't say the same things. They it's like they didn't talk about what they needed to say. They floundered, and then like you, the stuff with the with the owner. Who's to say if it actually helped us or not? 
And then, like, his next sentence, it may have helped us. Bring in a crisis manager, man. You're a billionaire. Rich Eisen, on his show... I was li- like, yeah, I listened to Rich yeah, Eisen. Like, like, yeah. On the way... Oh, he wrote an apology, yeah. Yeah, he wrote an apology letter. He's like, I wrote this... Today. It, today, I wrote this. He's like, it took me... Maybe fifteen minutes to write it. You guys have had you guys have had the opportunity to handle this for two months. I wrote this in fifteen minutes, and he read it. And he's like, "There you go, Astros." He's like, "I'll send you a copy. You could post it. You could actually." And then what you can do is you could hand it to all your players and make them sign it. And if they sign it, then they don't have to talk about don't have it. Don't talk about it anymore because every time they get asked about it, they can say, "I I signed off on the statement," and that's done. It's over. Mm-hmm. It is. It's water under the bridge. But nope, they're just like, you know what? We're just going to send Bergman and Altuve out there. Jump on this grenade for me, Altuve. It's okay. Yeah. You can't really jump. Like, you can't really cover it because he's tiny. That's true. And he and, and and if he jumped on the grenade, he'd have to take his uh, jersey off because it would get blown off and you'd see the buzz and you can't, you can't do I that. I can't, can't do that. Don't, don't take my jersey don't off. Take my jer- oh, my God. <laughs> that video. Oh, my God. And then he hit the home run and then ran into the dugout and then came back out with a different jersey on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you are. <laughs> That's like stealing an ice cream bar in the middle of summer and running out of the place with, like, melted chocolate on your pants. <laughs> like, and then saying, I didn't steal anything. Oh, well, what? Did, 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 what? Did you shit yourself? <laughs> like... <laughs> Did you see James Harden shit himself the Celtics game the other day? What? What? No way. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not. <laughs> it was my favorite thing that happened. Well, maybe maybe he'll uh maybe if he Are shit- we about to watch a grown man shit himself on a court? No, it's just a picture. Oh my god, he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Maybe he peed. Maybe it's just piss. It's brown. <laughs> Maybe it's just dark pee. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have any water. Oh, is that racist? No. <laughs> no. Maybe he just drank like Gatorade all day. He didn't have any water. He didn't have that crystal clear. He shit himself. I think you just want him to shit himself. No, I mean I, that's a weird place to get pee. That's on his butt. How you pee out your butt? <laughs> got a pee pee butt? No. Do you got a pee pee butt? Kuiper, you you out there defending, fighting the good fight for all the pee pee butts Look, man, out there? I've been super critical of James Harden in my life. I'm gonna stick up for James Harden this one time. <laughs> James Harden did not shit. Whoever himself. whoever did James Harden's clothes that day didn't do a good job. He sat in some barbecue sauce. Yes. He got he got McDonald's on the way to the game. I, in that ex- little bit of his pants, that's what yeah. It's like. <laughs> it's like when you're sitting in your car and you drop something between your legs and you're trying okay, to get yeah, it, and okay. he keeps trying so to get like, it out, but it's a piece I'll of chocolate. So when he's trying to get it out, he's just rubbing it in. It'll make perfect but sense. But he's wearing his jersey on the way to the game. It'll make for perfect whatever sense. reason. He had his shorts on. He didn't have the top on. He just had the shorts on, right? He's sitting. He's sitting in the locker room. And you know how when you're you're like on break or whatever, you're sitting in your car, like you don't sit when you're on your phone. You don't sit straight up. You sit like this, right? You sit like like that, right? Yeah. So and James, that's when he shit his pants. No, James Harden had like some McDonald's chicken nuggets, and he had the tangy barbecue sauce on his lap, and he like 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 adjusted himself a little bit, and it just spilled onto his pants. 
Okay, I'm going to open up. Did James Harden poop his pants? (laughs) 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 Expert investigation. (laughs) Is this an actual article? Yes. Uh, Of all the topics I am unqualified to speak on, this is not one. Uh, I'm just going to scroll through this. You guys keep talking. All right, the number one Chipotle pants pooping story. <laughs> I like how you said, I'm just going to keep reading this, you guys keep talking, and then proceeded to read it out loud. Hold on, exhibit A, did you poop your pants? Okay, there's, oh, that's a bad, I mean, it could be a sweat stain. Photo evidence that the Celtics made James Harden poop himself. <laughs> after conclusion, after thorough examination of the region in question, the hue of brown and the inform. A morphous shape of the stain. I conclude <laughs> that it is more probable than not that Mr. Harden was beat off the dribble and failed to defend an untrustworthy fart. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Harden's grimace during Saturday night's game appears to indicate that he either sat on a chocolate fondue fountain in the visiting locker room or he fell victim to an unrelenting case of the dribbles. <laughs> he could have been dehydrated. It could have been a little run. Basketball is all about the runs. <laughs> it's a game of runs. <laughs> That's the best pun I've ever heard of that. Oh, <laughs> anyway, do you want to talk about the CBA and the combine now? Yeah. So, what, do you, what do you want to know, Corey? So I know you didn't about, watch it. I watched the, a little bit of it. So about the CBA. Oh, uh, yeah. You, oh, we man. seem to have two classes of people. Is it all the players that are voting on the CBA? Every single like active player votes on yeah, the CBA? all 1,700 of them. Okay. So you have the a lot of the bigger name players mm-hmm. saying yes, and that not all of them, because there are some that said, like, you know, I'm out to, like... I'm not fighting for myself. I'm fighting for the people that like, I represent, mm-hmm. the smaller people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that don't get as much of a voice. Uh, you know, the small contract guys. So what? what's the difference? What are the... What's the big... What's, like, the big holdup of it? Yeah, What? what's the... What do the players have an issue with? What I are the big the 17th issues? Seventeenth game, but like that, I because feel like they don't get happen no matter what. They don't get. I I think I saw they don't get really paid. They just get like they get paid significantly less for that seventeenth game. Basically, well, the the revenue share uh, is gets hugely increased, and that'll dramatically increase uh, salary caps. I think, and I think that'll really uh, hunt down to the low end contracts where they will start seeing larger. Like or quarterbacks are just going to make fifty million dollars a year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe we're going to increase the salary cap by ten percent. All right, all ten percent of that's going to just go to quarterbacks. It might, it might not though, I, and I feel like I don't know. There's just a lot of interesting stuff in the CBA. The 17th game, the extra wild card game. There's, I hated the extra wild card I game. I dislike it so much. Oh, my God. I, did I, I, don't wa- I don't want to get rid of the first round by for second seed teams. I think. No. I, for how important the bye is for teams. Uh, the teams that made the Super Bowl over the last however many years we've talked to. 
almost all of them got that first round bye in the playoffs. They were either the one or the two. Uh, to take away the first round bye from the two seed, I feel like statistically you're going to start seeing the one seeds make the Super Bowl all the time. You don't want that. And the wild card round, and again, happened four years ago, three years ago, two years ago this year. Wild card round didn't matter. What's an extra wild card game mean in the grand scheme of things? The teams that lost in the wild card round, the teams that won in the wild card round, only one of them won in divisional round. Yeah, the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then they hit they hit a wall because they played their hearts out and had nothing left. I just you're adding an extra you're putting an extra team in the playoffs that doesn't deserve to be there. When the lower end wild card teams are your nine and sevens that back into the playoffs, or a te- or a bunch of ten and six teams w- who have some strengths and but uh, glaring weaknesses that maybe they can't overcome, but we're good enough to make the playoffs. That 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 new seventh seed because it'd be a seventh seed. Yeah, the new seventh seed. I can't say never because some team will finish the year six and nine back in the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl in like twenty years. But like. <laughs> That seventh seed will never win a Super Bowl. They will never be a relevant team. It'll never matter. They'll get to hang their cap. They'll get to hang their cap on the wall. We made the playoffs this year, guys. Eight and eight, we did it. Well, no, eight and eight and nine, we did it. We did it, guys. We made it to the playoffs. Then they get their ass kicked by the two seed. Right. I really think because a lot of people. A lot of people were saying, like, oh, well, look at all the, like, the six seeds, like the Giants and the Titans last year who, you know, made deep playoff runs and stuff, and they were really exciting. And then my... They're not that exciting. A lot lot of people's responses were always like, okay, yeah, who was in the Super Bowl? Yeah, the Chiefs The two one seeds? Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh... Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, no, the one and the two. Yeah, the one and the two. And they were like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the one and the two made it. You see this a bit more in, like, March Madness coming up. People that are making that kind of argument, Kuiper, we love the Cinderella teams. We love the underdog stories. They don't. No, I, I forget where I saw this at, but, like, I agreed with it. People love the underdog story, Cinderella story, to an extent. UMBC 16 seed. Did they make it to the Sweet 16? UMBC? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. UMBC. They beat the, they beat the one seed. They beat Virginia. Like, oh, this is amazing. And then and then they win in the round of 32 and make it to the Sweet 16. Like, wow, this is kind of sick. And then they're in the Sweet 16 and they almost win that game. And, and if they had one, then you're like, uh, all right, it's time for the big boys to show up. It's time to let's, let's see some actual competition here. Mm-hmm. No offense to UMBC. Or any other, like, when you see, like, Davidson or VCU or, or those 12 seed teams. What, last year, what was that low seed or that high seed team that made it to the Final Four? Or was that the year before? Um, oh, uh, oh, what was it? Was it the Sister Mary? Yeah. Team? Sister Mary Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, they made it to the Final Four or something? Yeah. yeah. I think it was the Elite Eight. Oh, lead eight. Okay, when they get to the when when they win the in the Sweet Sixteen, and then you're like, "All right, uh, come on, like, good team, step up. It's time." I, I'm sure some people would love the Cinderella story. Six seed wins the Super Bowl. It's, uh, 
10 seed wins the championship, wins the tournament and all that stuff. But for every game that the Cinderella story wins, less and less people start to care about the Cinderella story. Yeah, because it gets to become a little more of a... It doesn't become like an annoying story. It just kind of becomes like an, okay, like how much can we really dive into this like D2, like one scholarship program that, like you said, like UMBC. Was that was it? UMBC? Was that the name of the school? Yeah. That beat Virginia? Oh, yeah. Um, Two years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, here, the, 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 the thing about it is that obviously like the whole like 16 had never beaten a one. Everybody knew eventually it was going to happen. It almost kind of was <laughs> more people were making fun of Virginia and were cheering than were cheering for UMBC because Virginia does that like every year. Mm. Like they're always a one or a two seed and then they either get bounced super early like in like the round of 32. By like an eight or a nine seed. Like I remember that one year where UConn was like an eight, an eight seed, and they made the national championship game. And I was like, this national championship game sucks. Yeah, like it sucks. Like these are two average teams that just got lucky and got a bunch of better teams on their bad days. And I mean, that's I guess that's the point of March Madness. I'll go farther than to say. People like the Cinderella story when the Cinderella story is for a team that they picked mm. to go far. I think more people are objective to, like, if some random... Out for themselves. Yeah. Like, if some 14 seed beats a 3 seed, people are like, oh, whatever. Nobody cares. But like, if they pick that 14 seed. If they pick the 14 seed, they're like, I knew it, I knew it, <laughs> I knew that, I knew that West Albany, New Mexico... <laughs> Uh, of Samoa, oh, oh, Samoa State. They got that one guy. His name's uh, Joe Baloney, and he. I, I, I read an article. My, my sister's uncle read an article about he scored twenty eight points in the first quarter in the first game of the year, and I knew that if they made the tournament, they was they was gonna make some noise. And then I ran that person over with my car. <laughs> Like, you're running a lot of people over with your car today. That's just, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that's the mode. But, okay, but think today. about. It. I I don't know who the I, off the top of my head. I can't think of the, who the AFC team. But th- if that if that had been the playoff setup this year, the Cowboys would be in the playoffs. A, the Steelers would have made the playoffs. Okay, it would have been Cowboys and Steelers. If this system was in place ten years ago and would have been in place for the last ten years, the Steelers would have made the playoffs every year. Because they would have either made it naturally or been the seventh team. So the, in the last decade, the Steelers have either made the playoffs or were the team that just missed it. So that's my life. Mm. That's what I deal with on a yearly basis. You guys picking all the 12s over five this year? I usually pick two. My rule of thumb is I pick two. I don't, I don't give... I pay no mind to... Whenever I fill out a March Madness bracket, I just have like... Like a formula. I just have like a, okay, pick two 12s to be two fives. Just look at the two, look at the four, five, and 12 matchups and just look at them and be like, okay, this one makes sense. And I never pick the one 
that like ESPN tells me to. Because every every like when the bracket comes out, what is it? That Wednesday, that Tuesday that it comes out. Mm-hmm. That Wednesday on Sports Center, you'll always get like the college sports guys. Like, all right, uh, Joe Lenardi or Joe By uh, what's his name? Bylas, I think is what his name is. Uh, um, uh-huh. or Dick Vitale. Give us the the one twelve over five, and it's always Harvard. <laughs> Always Harvard. Harvard's always a twelve seed. It's like I'm going to pick Harvard to to go and beat Kansas State. Look, now these are some small boys. They know what they're doing. These are some Ivy League boys, but they're not green around the gills. <laughs> like that's, you know, like that's that's the and I'll and that's the that's the one twelve seed that will lose by thirty. So like I never pick the one that like the media tells you to pick because it's just the easy one. I'm like I'm not picking that one. Uh, March Madness starts the same day as free agency this year. 18th. It does. So, we don't talk about the CBA because we talked about the oh, CBA well, a whole bunch right there. Uh, uh, I got I got a CBA. I got a CBA for you. Uh, uh, the 2020 substance abuse policy subject to approval of the new CBA yes. makes it clear no player will ever be suspended again for positive drug tests. For marijuana. Oh, okay. I was gonna say like it's for marijuana. That's that's Jason Lock and Four went like into because there was a, he said any player tested between March twentieth uh, and August twenty third, um, excluding marijuana, um, any drug tests, like if you if you if you like test positive for like something bad. Like yeah, they're gonna suspend you. Yeah. Well, I want to check into that because uh, it's kind of. You said someone did say it was just a marijuana. Jason Lockenfora said it. I think. If you want to look him up on Twitter. Well, it, it, no player will be suspended during the next decade for testing positive for marijuana or any other substance of abuse. What what, what is a substance of abuse? What is that? Heroin. Mean? Could you like shoot? Could you like? Could you like uh, do a line of coke? At halftime now and not get suspended for it? Is that what they're saying? Is this? Are they just trying to make it so that the players can just be high and drunk during the games and still not pay them? Yeah. Is that what the owners are trying to do? I was like, all right, guys, listen up. Yeah, we know you're killing yourself out there. And see, so your players will can be subject to fines only. Players in stage one of a of the program who test positive face no penalty at all other than being advanced to stage two. In stage two, positive tests result only in fines. For the first violation, the player loses one half a game check. For the second, he loses one week's pay. For the third, it's two weeks salary. For the fourth and all subsequent, it's, it's a three-game fine. Uh, while that can get expensive, the players are still allowed to play. Uh, suspensions under their new CBA arise only from a failure to cooperate with testing or clinical care. While in stage two, a suspension happens only at the fourth violation. Wait, if it, uh, testing clinical care stage. So are we gonna have like, I don't know, somebody doing massive amounts of PEDs and paying for it, but it doesn't matter because they're gonna get like thirty million dollars a year, and they'll just pay the five million dollars fines they get in that year to be the best at that position and just totally destroy everybody. Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend posed that 
they open up an island where everybody can go and just do whatever drugs they want and compete in Olympic and sports events. <laughs> Let's put this to the test in Animal Crossing when we make our island. <laughs> Steroid <laughs> island. And they just said, like, you know, like, you, people just want to kind of see, like, he posed, like, the scientific, like, people just want to see, like, the limitations of the human body. And they want to see, like, what they can make it do. And a lot these people don't care about the consequences. So, like, let them let them do it. Who cares? It's their body. It's their time. It's their money. I kind of just want to see who, okay. like... Uh, Wait, all testing for substance of abuse of players is to be conducted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Delta 9-THC marijuana, synthetic cannabinoids, amphetamine and its analogs, opiates, total morphine and codeine, opioids, uh, PCP, MDMA. Oh, my God. <laughs> this everything. is straight from the CBA, dude. Okay. Hold on. Where's the, 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 the You mean to tell me that a player can take PCP <laughs> before like during you, the season? What you got there? A gallon of PCP. <laughs> Dude. Oh man. If you get that reference, I love you. I, I, I rewatched like the first like season of that oh, the other day. so good, dude. It did not age well. <laughs> no, but it still makes me laugh. I feel like you, I, feel, I don't know. Is it bad that I still find some of those things funny? Uh, yeah. I mean, like some of it's still funny. What but show is this? Whitest Kids You Know. Whitest Kids You Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza. I had a feeling. Pizza's not for breakfast. That sounded like Kid a Whitest Kids You Know <laughs> joke. Kid beer and... Uh, Baby beer. <laughs> Alcohol anonymous. <laughs> Woo. Uh trying to get out of jury duty by being a racist. Uh, uh just say it. Just say the and then you Larry David. Larry David did that in one of his in curve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, corporate sniper. Corporate sniper and why kid you know is always a good of my a favorite of mine. Uh you absolutely cannot say I want to kill the president. But I mean, I can say that because I'm telling you, you can't say that. But what you really can't do is look at this detailed plan of the address of the White House. Oh my God. <laughs> what, what, you, you're rattling off drugs now? Oh yeah, there's that, a big drug list. But the entire 456 page CBA is out there for us to read. Let's, uh, let me just uh, scroll through it. Let me give it a little look-see here for you. Uh, the preamble. Just article. read page 69. Okay. I'm the gonna go, preamble. I'm going I'm I'm to go to page 69. Give me a second here. Uh, do I want... Okay, I'm not going to count the table of contents. I'm going to go to page 69 in the CBA and see what it says. Let's see. Here. Page 48, 52, 56, 61. Counting to 69. Nice. Okay. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode of Football After Dark. You've waited like four weeks for this. <laughs> All right. Ahem. Page 69 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement. Article 12. Revenue accounting and calculation of the salary cap. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is a decent one. Section 1. All revenue. For the purposes of this article and anywhere else stated in this agreement, revenue shall be accounted for in the manner set forth below. A. A.R. 
I, all revenues. AR means the aggregate revenues received or to be received on an accrual basis for or with respect to a league year during the term of this agreement by the NFL and all NFL clubs and their designees from all sources, whether known or unknown, derived from, relating to, or arising out of the performance of players in NFL football games with only specific exceptions set forth below. All revenue shall include, without limitations... Regular season, preseason, postseason gate receipts, including ticket revenue from luxury boxes, in quotation marks, suites and premium seating among NFL clubs in all cases, net of A, admission taxes, B, taxes on tickets regularly paid to governmental authorities, C, surcharges paid to stadium or municipal authorities for purposes of this subsection unless otherwise expressly agreed by the properties, the proportion of ticket revenue attributable to luxury boxes, suites and premium seating shall be the face value of the ticket or any additional amounts which are subject to gate receipts sharing among the NFL. Clubs' revenues from premium charges on ticket sales in excess of face value ticket rebates from ticketing sources shall be included in AR. Credit card charges related to ticket sales are not considered a deductible surcharge and will not be offset against gate receipts. If a club charges a service fee on the ticket it sells in excess of the face value, something about $4 in account, proceeds including copyright royalty tribunal and blah, 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 blah. revenues derived from concessions, blah, 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 consolidated revenue generated by NFL Ventures, NFL Ventures not including categories or formerly generated by NFL Ventures of subsidiaries, NFL Properties LLC, NFL Enterprises LLC, and NFL Productions LLC, DBA, NFL Films, but not excluding from NFL Ventures. So uh, this is describing anything that makes money that can count as revenue for the NFL. And you're welcome. Oh, because there's enough pages. I'm just going to scroll to page 420. Biggest risers and fallers from the draft or the combine? Um, a lot of the tackles. Uh, the one, I can't pronounce his name. Um, Mickton, I think is his last name. Um, or Mitchton. The guy from Louisville. Um... He rose a lot because he ran really fast and he had a good, like, tangible drills, you know, his broad jump and his high jump. Um, but a lot of the scouts say that he is not very good and he was kind of protected in Rick Patino's system in Louisville. And a lot of people are just drafting him based on tangible stuff. Um, a guy like uh, Jordan Love he, uh, got really criticized. Mecca Becton. That was it. That's Me- what I meant Mackie to say. Mecca Becton. Yeah, Mecca Becton. He played the, in the 2017 Tax Slayer Bowl. Nice. What the fuck's Tax Slayer? Oh, <laughs> uh, page 420 is talking about uh, being able to come back from injury. And it's talking about. Uh, Should have had all the drugs listed on that page. I know. Yeah, I know. To see all the drugs listed. Please refer to page 420 in the know, CBA right. contract. concludes that players' patience concussions has resolved and he may clear the player patient to return to full participation for the avoidance of doubt if a player cannot participate in practice or full contact, blah, blah, blah. Basically, yeah. I'm going to look for the drug list. Um, risers. Um, like I said, Jordan Love oh, dude, They made really a high. chart for concussion, a concussion game day checklist. Look, it's all color-coded and shit. Oh. Look at that, right in the CBA. That's really cool. Um, another riser was a guy or two guys. Jordan Love, yeah, Jordan Love. Um, mainly just out of necessity, someone's gonna fall in love with him and put him in a position where he's not gonna be ready. Um, 
two guys that I actually like that I think are going to do really good. Um, I always I always find like two receivers that aren't like the top flight guys because obviously the top guys are going to like at least unless they bust are going to be like pretty good. Yeah. Like your Jerry Judy's, your CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb's going to be really good. Um, Ruggs is. I'm not impressed with Henry Ruggs for the same reason why I'm not impressed with. I you wasn't impressed with John Ross. You haven't uh, looked at Henry Ruggs' development and route running the past. I get few that years. part of it. It's just like I guess I wasn't just. I'm never impressed by a guy who's really fast that can jump really high, and he's a receiver. You're supposed to run fast and jump high. That doesn't really like move the needle for right. me. Um, guys that I really liked were Donovan Peoples Jones, who I think is very underrated, and he was in a system in Michigan that didn't really prioritize throwing the ball to big receivers. But he is he's a he's a big guy that can move fast for his size. I I value that way more than a little guy who can run fast. A big guy who can run fast is like. Way more impressive to me. Um, and then Chase Claypool. You like Chase Claypool? I do like Chase Claypool. Because um, he's basically the DK Metcalf of this year. He's the DK Metcalf of this year, but he's more than likely, everything I've read says that he's probably just going to transition to tight end rather than wide receiver. He He just doesn't have... He's just he his he just doesn't have he's way too big to be as frame wise to be it's, a wide out. Like least, it said at least one team requested the big bodied Notre Dame receiver to also work out as yeah. tight end. Yeah, they asked him to work one team asked him to work out as a tight end. A lot of others like I I think I've seen it for I think I saw it in Pro Football Focus. Maybe it was Bleacher Report. I don't remember. Uh, one of them mentioned something about him potentially transitioning to tight end, or they were suggesting him transition to tight end because it'd be a little easier for him. Because um, he could easily just put on like an extra like twenty pounds and like just bulk up a little, not bulk up, but like just add twenty pounds. This and- uh, NFL research or Twitter is saying only two wideouts to measure six four and two thirty five pounds or bigger have run the sub four four forty five in the forty yard dash at the NFL scout, scouting combine since two thousand three. One is Chase Claypool and the other one is known as Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like Chase Claypool a lot. Then why didn't you like DK Metcalf? Because DK Metcalf can't run routes. Can Chase Claypool? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? He also wasn't hurt his whole entire college career like Metcalf was. Metcalf also wasn't even the best receiver on his own team because A.J. Brown was. Well, that was hard to compete with A.J. Brown. Did you see A.J. Brown last year? Yeah, A.J. Brown really good. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that could have maybe have been one receiver, rookie receiver I would have considered as, aj yeah i as, really like aj brown a lot but like i just i don't think there's a lot of good wideouts on rookie deals right now like that's because all of the really good wideouts in the league from that one class a couple of years ago all are on big contracts now like mike evans and sammy and odell jarvis uh adams 
Antonio's not in the league anymore. Julio's been in the league for a while. Chase Claypool did not do the three-cone drill, the 20-yard shuffle, or the 60-yard shuttle. So, PFF released a video about guys not wanting to do the three-cone shuttle at the Combine because they think it's dumb. Actually, they actually said that. They were like, yeah, there's a lot of guys. They either like half-ass it or they just don't do it because they think the three-cone drill is silly for wide receivers to do, which I guess kind of makes sense. Because when you really look at what a three-cone drill is, it's not like a natural receiver thing to do. Like, you're not making that many quick cuts in that rapid of a succession ever. For Like, you're, there's no route that makes you do that, I guess. Um, so, I think another that's another one of the reasons why I think that one team asked him to, like, work out as a tight end. Because they were like, okay, well, if you're not going to do the receiver drills, but you're big and you're strong and you can catch, why don't you do the tight end drills and see if you fit in there? And I don't know why he didn't. I mean, because you can't do that. You have to mm-hmm. You have to designate what day you're going to work out at the combine. You can't just say like, you can't be like... Didn't the tight ends, the wide receivers, and the quarterbacks all go the same day? They did. This is a very underwhelming tight end class, by the way. There's yeah. like one decent one. No, it's the underwhelming... It's a good t- quarterback class. Uh, there's a couple, just a couple good names in the running back class. Last year was supposed to be the good running back class. Mm-hmm. Um, great, one of the supposedly one of the best ever wide receiver classes. Mm-hmm. And then next year you'll have the people looking f- if this wide receiver class is good, like it's supposed to be. You'll have next year you'll have people trying to get overvaluing wide receivers in the draft trying to get you know another one um, the best player that the player i was most impressed with was isaiah simmons the linebacker from clemson linebackers are just built to destroy the combine like yeah i know they are but like he i mean i'm not saying not to be impressed with their, their physical feats or anything but like this was before the combine he was talked about being like a day two maybe day three guy Mm-hmm. And now he's Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was the I, best linebacker on a lot of people's boards. AJ Epensia, Epensia, isn't he the isn't he the pass rusher? Yeah, linebacker, yeah. pass rusher. He's like the the next best pass rusher underneath Chase Young. But he's he did not have a good combine like at no. all. But people are gonna they're gonna take him because no, they're not gonna. He's gonna. He cratered his draft stock, and people are gonna look at Isaiah Simmons and be like, "Well, this guy did had a better combine." I think a lot of people are just impressed with his tape from Clemson because he literally lined up everywhere. Like he lined up at all three linebacker spots. He lined up at corner. He lined up at safety. But like we like it's kind of it's like kind of he's basically like Derwin. A lot of people have compared like Matt Miller. Mm-hmm. Has kind of compared him to like take Derwin James and make him like a full on, make him a linebacker and not a safety. That's what this guy is. Uh, and like, doesn't mean he's going to work. It just means like when you look at his college tape, yeah, that's what you see. When you have people like that too, you're you're not, you don't go to co- or you don't 
you're not going to college to like hone your one thing to get into your one thing so you don't have time like that's the like in, in high school you're probably like destroying everybody and that's what gets you like you know you don't have mm-hmm. like anybody to really like hone your hone your skills against and then you go to college and you don't get to hone your skills look at what was what's that safety on the giants that the browns drafted a couple years ago Jabril peppers yeah he i mean he's a good tackler mm-hmm. but like pretty much everything else you're not yeah you're basically like the the fear of taking a guy that's a jack of all trades and a master of none right and like it's because he definitely is that Right, and like That's now, the risk you take. and now you have to spend what two, three years of your his rookie contract to try to figure out him, where to put him, get him just up to speed to everybody else, and like one position, or and like you said, even probably even longer because you're trying trying to figure out where he works best. It's kind of what uh, it's kind of what Arizona struggled with with Tyron Matthew. They couldn't figure out what to do with him mm-hmm. until eventually the Chiefs figured it out. The Texans couldn't figure it out until the Chiefs figured it out. They were like, oh, let's just make him like a... Let's just make you like a free safety that just roams around. Mm. And kind of just does that. And how long has Tyron Matthew been in the league now? Like eight years? Nine years? Yep. And he finally got used the way he should? Right. That's the danger. I 100% agree. Like That's the danger of taking a guy like Isaiah Simmons that can do so many things... You don't know what things are going to translate the best to the pro level from the college level. Right. And I think a lot of people are just looking at it as like you take him and you try to figure out what to do with him, basically, which is it's kind of like a similar thing with what happened with Minka Fitzpatrick. Is Minka Fitzpatrick went to Miami and they completely butchered what he needed to be. And then he went to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was like, oh, you're Troy Polamalu. Not really. But like, that's literally what they use him as. They're like, okay, we're going to put Sean Davis or Terrell Edmonds uh, back, way back, and we're just going to make you roam around with the linebackers. And every once in a while, we're going to have you line up on like a slot receiver that's how he got so many interceptions because he was always near the ball he wasn't like back playing a traditional safety spot or outside covering receivers on outbreaking routes that carry him away from the play you know Hmm. so did you see what espn's trying to do for monday night football yeah they're trying to get they're (laughs) trying to trade trade for al michaels for al michaels what are they going to trade? Uh, well, last time, they, last time they traded Al Michaels away for uh, uh, th- that rabbit that came before Mickey Mouse, Oscar or Oscar the Rabbit, whatever. You know, before Walt Disney had Mickey Mouse, he had like a rabbit that kind of looks like Mickey Mouse as like his predecessor. Yeah, sure. And NBC had the rights to that character for some reason. So back when, uh, like. I don't know how long ago. I don't know how long has how, how long has NBC had Sunday Night Football now? It's been like what ten years? It's been a while, yeah. It's been like ten years because that's when ESPN switched from Sunday Night Football to Monday Night Football, and then NBC picked up Sunday Night Football. Well, NBC wanted Al Michaels to go with John Madden at the time, and ESPN slash Disney because Disney owns them owns them and ABC traded Al Michaels for 
the rabbit that for the rights because somehow NBC had the rights to a character that Walt Disney created. I don't know how, but they traded Al Michaels for a, for the rights to a cartoon rabbit, <laughs> and that's why Al Michaels does Sunday Night Football. Poor Is Al. the cartoon rabbit Chris Collinsworth? <laughs> no, no, poor Al Michaels. Yeah, but I, I just I don't want you can't. You tell me Chris Collinsworth is going to do the slide into Mike Tirico now? I don't know. I wouldn't hate that. Honestly. The slide into Joe Tessitore. I really. No, no, no. It'd be Peyton Manning and Al Michaels on Monday night. Joe Tessitore would be out. Fuck that. <laughs> I like Joe Tessitore. I, I like Joe Tessitore when he gets really excited because his voice squeaks. I, don't, I do like I, I don't hate Joe Tessitore It's just it's, man They, they can't is, get him A good color guy Booger sucks Witten sucks God Oh they be trading Joe Tessitore Joe Tessitore I think uh, He does like Other stuff He does like boxing uh, He does uh, That putt putt show With Steph Curry He does He does do that Putt putt show With Steph Curry I thought you were Going to go on that show uh, Justin Slacking his ass off Not doing my audition tape <laughs> Damn. Calling out Justin. Slacking his. Justin, if you're listening to this in post, you just got called out, bitch. Justin's going to add in a little thing like, yeah, I know. And then cut back to the episode. Is there anything else we want to talk about? I want to go home. Nope. I don't want to go home. Well, then stay. I don't want to wait. I don't want Wait, what's the what's the rest of the words of the song? I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna go with. I think a, I a, a totally was, different song. I want to go away for forever. I don't know if that's the words. <laughs> that's not I what thought I was, it was. I don't want to wait for your love to be over. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that the words? I don't want to wait for your love to be over. Is that is that right? I don't know. I don't want to. Wait. <laughs> I, I, I for don't our lives, for this podcast to be over. <laughs> for our lives to be over. For our lives. Can you tell right? Matt and I have worked in like retail stores our whole life listening to like <laughs> crappy retail store music? I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to know right now what it will be. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Will it be yes or will it be sorry? <laughs>